0: Some of you are looking up here and going, what's happening? So, what's going on this week is what we like to call tag team teaching. So, Ron and Jean are taking, uh, just taking this week off. They'll be back next week. We'll go ahead and finish continuing with the series that they're in. But um, I'm going to uh, come up here this week and bring something to you that. The Lord has really been impressing on me, and most of you that know me, some of you don't know me, my name is Joe, there should be a woman over here named Leona, which is my lovely wife of 35 years, she'd be standing right here, but um, she is running her little hiney off, doing like a million things, (laughs) praise the Lord, for the church, and no problem. So she sends her love, and um, we will move forward. So, how many of you have been to service this morning? Okay. So, you know that uh, we are in a season of change. Woo! We are in a season of change, and change is a good thing. Okay. It's a good thing, right? So, um, what I'd like to come with to uh, bring before you today is the greatest commandment out of Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, 36. And you know that if you've been to service, if you've been around this church long enough, you know that our core value is based out of the great commandment that is in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36 or 40. Okay. And we've condensed that down. It says loving God, loving people. So I want to read that to you. Matthew 36, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. So uh, Pharisees said, Jesus, or teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what we're gonna talk about today is that second commandment. And so Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. So as I was going through that this week and preparing for the teaching, I asked the Lord, I was like, okay, well, you could have just said, love your neighbor. Why did you say, love your neighbor as yourself? What's the reason? What's the reason that the as yourself, he added it? Okay, and later on in the, regular, in the other testaments in Galatians 5, Paul reiterates what Jesus said. And he talks about if you keep the royal law that is found in scripture, love your neighbor, as yourself, you are doing right. So there's a key there in as yourself. Because, you know, we read it through and we say, okay, well, I'm supposed to love God and I'm supposed to love others, but you know that Jesus was very intentional. Jesus never mentioned something that was not important. So when he added, as yourself, to the end of love your neighbor, that had to be important. It's not something that we just kind of read over and keep going. So I have a question for you. Why did he add it? Don Marie? We love ourselves first.
1: And we want us to put others in the first place. Okay. If we can't love ourselves, how can we love anybody else? That's what I was going to ask. Okay. How do you learn to love Mm others and God? Well, yeah, what she said. How do you how do you love your neighbors when you don't have love for your own self?
0: Okay. So my and that's very good. So my second question would be. Can you love your neighbor without loving yourself?
2: Mm -hmm. Really?
1: Not effectively. Well. Yeah,
3: you can. Uh, Jean? You
4: can. I mean, I believe that the as yourself was put there because it's assumed that we have a love for self. Okay. Um, I think in today's age, there's been such a devalue put on life, especially <coughs> that we no longer, you know, we've learned to listen to the devil and and say that we don't. Um, but with that, as we've been teaching, love is an action. Mm-hmm. It's not emotion. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can't love your neighbor without loving yourself
0: completely. Okay. How many of you will agree that you can love your neighbor without loving yourself? <laughs> not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. <laughs> Okay, so what do you do with this then? <clears throat> Are you saying for a fact that all of you love yourselves? <coughs> Can you honestly, truly, in your heart say that you love yourself? That's not a trick question.
4: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> not,
2: I'm,
0: not, I'm not trying to, it's not some.
1: Right now. <laughs> this
0: week we do. This week we do.
1: <laughs> <All right. laughs> as far as what Jean saying, love is an action. We feed ourselves, we clothe ourselves, we make sure that we're out of harm's way. That's a love for ourselves. That's an action, and we can do that for others. Okay. But what if you're broken inside? What if I do all those things, but I know I'm still broken?
0: What if? What if you're full of pain and bitterness and anger and resentment and you read that and it says, love your neighbor as yourself.
1: And I can do that. I help everybody and anybody who asks me. But when it comes to myself, I know that I'm still broken and I can honestly say I don't love myself like I should. I know that God loves me Mm-hmm. I know that my family loves me and my friends
2: love
5: me, but mm-hmm. I don't love me because I'm broken. Okay. Joe? Mm-hmm. Is it possible that as means at the same time as? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it generally means in grammar. Mm-hmm. So love others as, at the same time as, you're loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Does it mean...
6: Um,
4: like in the grammar sense does it mean like um, um, (laughs) it's a continual word (laughs) like what I'm trying to say is is it you know like um, do unto others as you would do unto yourself is it like that
5: well, it's, if we extend that out, it's do unto others at the same time as you are doing to yourself. And if it goes with Philippians 2. Do not only think of yourself, but think of others as more highly than yourself. And so, for for me, when I see that verse, you know, um, do unto others as you would do unto yourself or, or love your neighbor as yourself, I should be focused not only on myself, at the same time, I should also be concerned with the welfare of others.
0: Okay.
4: I also think that if we take each segment of the Great Commandment separately, Mm -hmm. we're doing a disservice to that. Mm -hmm. They're not separate statements. Mm -hmm. It's not, love your God, Mm -hmm. love your neighbor, Mm -hmm. love yourself. Mm -hmm we have to take that it's love the lord your god with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself and if we're taking the first commandment the first part you know of that commandment then our love for self and our love for neighbors through god through his eyes through his perspective is what it needs to be so when we say Oh, I know other people love me, and I don't mean to pick on you because I've been guilty of saying the same thing. But when we say, you know, it's like, well, I know God loves me, and I know, you know, others love me, but I can't love myself. We're putting our judgment above God's judgment, which is the first commandment. Mm -hmm. So we're getting it out of perspective, and our eyes now become focused on us rather than on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Which means that we're looking at the statement wrong. My perspective.
0: Well, right, and, and that's why Jesus put it exactly the way he did. you okay.
2: so know one of the things I thought of, or as I reflect back when I heard that verse, was always in the framework of <clears throat> loving yourself as a evidence of pride or ego or arrogance almost. Mm-hmm. So those things are frowned upon and not and to be taken to an extreme so i always looked at it as no you can't love yourself as in think you're so great be arrogant and prideful um but if you you if you add that in there then now all of a sudden you can't do that with other people and so maybe it's not really understanding what Mm-hmm.
3: Let me try. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sure, give it a whack. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna give it a
3: shot. I'm okay, gonna give it a try. <laughs> yeah. So great. Love yourself. To be the way I think, I wouldn't do anything wrong to myself. Okay. I wouldn't try to cheat myself. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't try to deceive myself. Mm-hmm. So in the same manner. Love so your neighbor. You're to what wrong to you want to give whatever belongs to him. Mm-hmm. So it's the last, uh, last six commandment of the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay.
0: Okay. Very good. Anybody else? Um,
6: what first came to my mind was the scripture in Ephesians five twenty nine and. Mm-hmm. It says, no man hath ever hated his own body but feeds it and nourishes it and cares for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was what God is referring
0: to. Okay, good. Yeah.
6: What if someone took that literally when it says, love your neighbor as yourself? Like, oh, I hate myself. I steal from myself. I <laughs> cheat myself bad. So is it okay to go do that to my neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> the it's
0: the wrong says, definition wrong of us. love. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, very, very much. No. Yeah. Well, well, but I, I see what I see. What Elaine is saying because one of the things that we have to to realize and the way that a lot of people react in the world is if my life has no value, then your life has no value. Yeah. Right? yeah. So when you look at it from that from the world perspective, it's very much the way the world runs. That's why the. Conditional love is actually what the world runs on. So if you do, if you do what I think you ought to do, and if you're nice and you treat me right and you do all that, then you're deserving of my love. If you don't, then you don't deserve my love. That's not love. That's manipulation.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no such thing. There's no such thing as conditional love. Okay. Uh,
3: as of the Elaine's sister, right here. Mm-hmm. The Bible is written to children of God, the one who are converted. Mm-hmm. They, are the, they are going to follow the, the word of God, uh, just like Jesus said. why is the person who hears my words mm-hmm. and through what they say.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the foolish is the man who hears and who out the door then ignores it. So the person in the word doesn't know the word of the Lord yet. He might come to know the Lord later on in life, then he will mm-hmm. learn. Just like all of us,
0: mm-hmm. when the Lord works in our heart, we confess, we repent, then we try to live as the word. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. So, Gene makes a very good point that that whole greatest commandment, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself is all intertwined. They can't be separated, but, but, I believe what Jesus is saying when he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is actually telling you that he wants you to love yourself, right? If he says to you that I want you to love your neighbor as yourself, he's really telling you in there, I want you to love yourself. That's why I asked you the question, do you really love yourself? Because here's the thing you can, because love is an action. Okay. You can, I can tell you things that you can do that will look like love and you can go out into the world and you can do those things. I look like love. okay? But you can come home and you can look in the mirror and you can look at every bad thing, every place that you failed, every place that you didn't think that you were good enough, every place that you didn't think that you, that you think you ought to be better. Right? And you can say that I don't really love myself. But what Jesus is telling you is he wants you to love yourself and from here there is an assumption being made in the great commandment. The assumption is this, three bullet points. First one is God the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit love you unconditionally. Now, you really have to get what I'm saying. That they love you unconditionally. That means on your worst day, they still love you. On your best day, they still love you. When you don't love yourself, they still love you. When you don't like the way you look, when you don't like the things you've done, when you don't like the way you talk, When you don't like the way you walk, they still love you.
4: Can I say when they don't like what you've done, they still
0: love you? When they don't, when you don't, they still love you. This is critical to get because we as human beings all know our flaws. Because when we look in the mirror, if I ask you what you think about yourself, most times you're going to start giving me a list of places that you fall short. And sometimes we equate that with how God sees us. Because if we're falling short and I, I don't really like where I am and I don't like what I'm doing, God must, look, must be that way. God must see that, and this is for somebody in here today. Look, when you fall short, when you sin, okay. Let's say this is your sin, Johnny. Can you come up here for a
2: minute?
0: So I'm going to be. I'm going to act like God. Johnny Johnny is going to be like you
1: right? acting, not it.
0: <laughs> and this is your sin right this is your shortcoming God doesn't do this I've got to turn my back from the sin because you've heard this preach when you sin you fall out of fellowship with God show me some place in the Bible that that says that God uh, falls out of fellowship. Because what we think is, I'm not good enough. So God says, you know what? When you deal with this thing here, and when you get that all cleaned up, and when you start acting the way that you need to act, then I'll come back. We'll be back in fellowship. I'm telling you right now, if you believe it, it's a lie from the pit of the head. That's right. When God says he will never leave you nor forsake you, that doesn't mean, that means in the middle of your mess, that means in the middle of your hurt, your pain, your deception, your doubt, your lack of faith. This is what God needs sudden we got an issue. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So we need to kind of talk about what's going on in you so that we can deal with this. Mm -hmm. So Joe, what you're
2: saying is the idea of God loves us but doesn't like the same thing. When we look at other people we should love them the same way regardless of their sin or their behavior when we look at ourselves we should then do the same instead of seeing just our faults and all our problems and our hangups and our stuff we should see what God sees
0: exactly because here's the thing isn't it interesting that Jesus says when I leave I will send you one that will help you. He is called the helper and the comforter. Why is he called that?
4: Cuz we don't have ourselves.
0: Thank you cuz at some point God knows you're going to need help in your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and when you look in the mirror <laughs> When you look in the mirror, and you don't like yourself, and you don't like what you just did, and you don't like how you're feeling, you're going to need some comfort. right there. Right?
4: This might go without saying, but can you just address, you said, you know, we've probably heard this preach, that sin separates us from God. Can you kind of address that about, um,
0: you know where that came from I think where it came from was when Jesus was on the cross and he said my God my God why has thou forsaken me and at that time people preach that God could not look on the sin that Jesus was carrying, so he turned his face away from Jesus. I challenge you to study that. I challenge you to study that. Because what I believe Jesus was saying was Jesus came and he lived our life and he took our place. We were the ones that developed the cross We were the ones that developed the human torture. We were the ones that developed that. And as him being fully God and fully man, when he was on that cross, he was representing all of us. And we, since the beginning of time, have felt forsaken. We, the ones, have been suffering sin. We, the ones have been suffering day after day with what's been going on in the world. So when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? He was speaking for us, not for him. Because I don't believe that at any time, the Godhead separated itself. Because what you're telling me is that if that's really what happened, then there had to be a separation at some point in the Godhead, right? Because he says that he turned away.
5: It kind of makes sense in, in terms of Romans, because Romans talks about Paul saying we're one of the elements is we're co crucified with Christ, and if we, if, if we if we embrace that for what it says as children, that means we are crucified at the same time Christ was. We we're co-crucified with him. So what you're saying would make sense because so many people Jesus is speaking, like you said, for us.
0: He's speaking for, for those, those who are being co-crucified yeah. And he's on the cross suffering. Well, help, me, help me out when I, I mean, try to
1: understand what I'm saying. So you're saying when like when Johnny was up there, you're saying that he didn't separate himself when the problem arise. He was still right there saying, we have a problem, we need to fix this. But then you're saying when Jesus was on the cross, he couldn't take the pain and, and the suffering, so he looked away. So you're saying that, well, to me, it sounds like even though you know, he couldn't stand to see what Jesus... Oh
5: gosh,
0: Scripture doesn't say, say that. Does it? Yeah, and, and, and so yeah, so let me be so let me be clear.
1: But to me, it's like when when you said that you know um, we developed all the the things that happened that mm-hmm. he took, you know that he um, suffered for us. To me, it just sounds like it's our faith that you know. Um, God, I had it when you were speaking. Sorry. Um, Okay, like, for instance, when I say I'm broken inside and you're saying Jesus loves me no matter what, mm-hmm. God loves me no matter what, mm-hmm. maybe it's our faith that doesn't believe that per se than us believing that. Do you know, does that make sense? Like, we don't, like, maybe I don't have faith enough to, to really... Okay, but here,
0: here's, here's the point, okay? Here's the point. <laughs> The fact that Jesus loves you unconditionally has nothing to do with your faith. See what I'm saying? That particular point has nothing to do with your faith. Because Jesus isn't saying, if you have more faith in me, you'll love me. Now, there is a scripture that says without faith it's impossible to please God. Okay. That's in a different context. I'm talking specifically about the context that God loves you unconditionally. Period. End of sentence. Right? So, whatever you do or don't do, whatever you feel or don't feel, whatever you say or don't say, is irrelevant from the standpoint that He loves you unconditionally.
4: Can you address the spiritual laws
2: talks about a separation. Yeah, but I think the four spiritual laws deals with a non-Christian. Yeah. Somebody who hasn't already God. submitted and given their life to Christ. Right. Right. As a non-Christian, you are most definitely separated For from sure. the Holy Spirit yeah. and from Christ. So yeah. This we've is what you're yeah no, we're talking
0: about in Christ. In, yeah.
2: We have pulled ourselves away. Okay, right. from well,
1: that's a good clarification actually.
0: Like, yeah.
1: That you're when you're
0: talking about... I'm talking about us, us in believers in Christ. When you
6: did that demonstration with John, it reminded me something happened last week. Um, I had the nerve to tell the Lord that I was done walking with this person that I've known, and for 20 years, trying to draw them closer to Christ, and I've attended support groups with him and did all of this, so I'm like, Lord, I'm just done. You know, it's been 15 years. This person's not changing, you know, and and the Lord reminded me of this song I used to listen to years ago. And it said, he looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. You know, And he says, you're going to have to look beyond you know, what she's going through as well and continue to see her needs and continue to stay with her. And in my small group class, we talked about hearing the Lord's voice, confirmation, and obeying. Now, in my mind, when I went to bed that night, I'm like, but I don't know, Lord. I'm still, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired. So next day, I'm barred. I get off guard, and out of all people I see, I see the person's brother. And then he comes up to me and says, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I saw you. You know what? You really have to be there for my sister. She's going through a lot, you know, and she needs someone to be here. I'm like, oh, God, you know. But it was amazing how he confirmed what I was saying is that, you know, just like I look beyond all that you do, the sin in your life, and I still love you and I still forgive you, you're gonna to have to do that with your neighbor as well, your brother and your sister, because it's not you that's doing the changing. You know, it's just that you know. I'll eventually I'll get there with her, but I still need you to be there because you're the only light right now that this person may ever see. You know. Your mm-hmm.
0: hands mm-hmm. and feet of Jesus. And does
1: it come into play where he was in the Garden of Gethsemane talking about if the cup can be done a different way? What was he sweating drops of blood over? I was taught that it was that issue on the cross where. God was going to have to look away because he couldn't
0: look at the sin that Jesus took on. No, I don't see it that way. I see it as when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's realizing the full weight of what he has to take on, right? And that really shows his full humanity because his, his human nature because he has to take this on. He has to take on this burden. And so for him to say what he said really shows his humanity because, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to the cross. No problem. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Because look, I'm going to get up in three days. So what's the problem? Everybody just be cool, (laughs) lay back. I'm going to go. We're going to go to the cross, get this over with. I'm going to get up. Everything's good. Right. (laughs)
7: Victory.
0: He wouldn't do that because what would we do? When we knew that we were going to suffer the most vile torture that man could ever. Boy, we'd be like, we'd be dealing with God. God, take my friends, take my neighbors, take, take whoever you want, take whoever you want, but please, I'm not going to that cross. Please, do not put me in because I've seen what that looks like, and right? And then, too, I'm
2: thinking, too, with that, when he turned his, not only, you know, he turned his head because of the weight of the sin, but that it was his son. Who does that? Like but and and here's the yes. thing, though.
0: Here's the thing. Now, this is what I want you, because God gave us a brain to think, right? Okay, we don't check our, do- our brains out when we become Christians. Think of this. Your son, your daughter, on the cross, suffering, Mm -hmm. would you turn away? Mm -hmm. I don't think so.
1: We might close our eyes, but I don't think we'd turn away. I know we wouldn't turn away.
0: We wouldn't leave. We wouldn't go up there. We wouldn't leave. That's right. Like Mary. You know, uh, some of
5: what we've been talking about, keep in mind we've gone through generations of being taught certain things in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And whether it be Joe and Leona, Gene Jean or I, or a pastor from the pulpit, far too many times we are teaching things through our own filter as well. Mm-hmm. Being a man of God, or, or a pastor, or a preacher, or a teacher, doesn't separate ourselves from that filter. Mm-hmm. It, so. it doesn't automatically separate us. We we pray that we're we're teaching correctly and everything else. But there, are, you know, I was sitting in a class one time where the te- in instructors. I, I can't find that verse.
4: The class was filled with pastors. Successful pastors that had thriving churches.
5: And basically, he said, "I can't remember where that verse is. You know, where does it say that God will never give us anything more than we can handle?" Pastors are searching for a verse that doesn't exist.
4: They're getting it confused with the verse that says, "There's not a sin where there won't be temptation. Uh, there won't be a temptation where there won't be a way out of
5: it." So right. we've been taught in certain ways, and that's why I really want to re-emphasize with something Joe said. Read it for yourself. Go back. Because I think what we're going to find, and what I really appreciated about the illustration that Joe gave with Johnny, Johnny is not a sinner. That sin was apart from him. That's, that sin was something Johnny did. It is not who he is. Exactly. Johnny is a son of God. Thank you. He is a son of the Father. And the reason Joe was able to put his arm around him as God was because God separates that sin from Johnny, doesn't see Johnny as an embodiment of sin anymore. Because Scripture says Johnny is a new creation. Exactly. So this, I was born a sinner and I'm a saved sinner, theologically that doesn't make sense because Scripture says we're a new creation.
0: Exactly. That's exactly, thank you, Ron. That's exactly what I'm saying. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because many of, the, many of us carry that. May I add,
3: the Roman private, God demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. Yeah, he just gave you the scripture. I'm getting ready to read.
0: <me>. Exactly. <laughs> That's my whole
4: point. Ron talked about being co-crucified. If you continue on in Romans, it also says that we were co-crucified
0: Resurrected. Resurrected. And And co-heirs. Exactly. So what I'm saying is the reason Jesus put that there is because he wants you to know that you are loved. You're accepted in the family. What you do is not who you are. That's good. Because you do that, that's not who you are. The reason that love is there is because he wants you to be human beings, not human doings. (laughs) He wants you to be about love. And yes, love is an action word, but that flows. That is supposed to flow out of who we are, and we walk in who we are. And we have freedom to walk in who we are. And we can let go of the hurt and the pain and the things of the past, because that is, that has no hold on us now.
7: Yeah. You know, that's so important to, you know, uh, when, when it says to love your neighbor as yourself, is that, you know, and John, it talks about God enlightened everyone that came to the world. And I believe that that enlightenment is that I love you. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to one, know, even in that demonstration, you know, when I became a, a, a Christian and gave my life to the Lord, I realized that even when I was out there he loved doing you. stupid stuff, he loved God was loving me. He, loved he was loving me. And it's so important for us to not put just us that's in this room as christians in that box that god loves us god loves my nephews and Mm -hmm. my cousins that's out there still doing things Mm -hmm. and it's important for us to to love them as well Mm -hmm. right where they are and to show that love on a consistent basis because such was some of us
2: that's good and it's just
7: so important that and that's one of the things that keep me You can't tell me, my wife, no one can tell me that God don't love me. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And And that's something to walk in.
0: Exactly. And it's the reason, right? It's the reason this whole thing, the whole great commandment, because when he says love your neighbor as yourself, he's not just talking about your brother and sister, Mm -hmm. is he? He's talking about your obnoxious neighbor across the street. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about the person at work. That's the gossip that you can't stand. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Right.
0: right? Because Jesus also says, if you love those that love you, what credit is that to you? That's right. But here's the thing, and this is the point that I'm trying to get to. You can't love those people unless you understand who you are and what you've been created for you can't do it. You can't do it in your strength. Because what's going to happen is you're going to read that and you're going to go, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, got it. Got it. I'm going to go to work tomorrow and I'm going to love that obnoxious person and I'm just going to love them with the love of Christ and I'm going to and you're going to get there and that person is just going to like tear you up. And then all of a sudden you're going to be, okay Lord, alright. Try harder. Try, Okay, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try harder to love this person even though there's totally obnoxious. I'm going to try even harder. And you try the next day and that person's even more
3: obnoxious.
0: (laughs) Now what do you do? You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own strength. That's the whole reason what Jesus was saying. And the whole thing about the great commandment is this. Romans 5 6. You see just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though a good person, maybe some will possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love in this that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us it's the same thing to your obnoxious neighbor it's the same thing to the to the coworker you can't stand that's why John 3:16 is so powerful God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody in the world he loves. Will they accept it? No, but that's not the point. The point is he loved us first. How do we know what love is? Because he loved us first. How are we going to love our neighbor across the street? Because he loved us first. How are we going to love our obnoxious coworker Because he loved us first. That's how you're going to do it. And you're not going to do it any other way. If you can do it, hats off. I wish you the best. But at some point, you're going to crash and burn. At some point, They're going to be so obnoxious, because listen to this. How can Jesus then say, love your enemies? He's like, oh, well, somebody loves you, and you love them. Okay, well, what credit is that to you? Go love somebody spitting in your face. How can you do that? You can't possibly love somebody that's spitting in your face. Unless you have the love of God and you know that in your heart.
4: Jean? So Joe, one of the things that we taught last week, we talked about the difference between forgiveness being necessary. We're called to forgive. Why do we forgive? Because we've been forgiven. And that we choosing to forgive those that have offended us is something between us and God but it doesn't mean that we have to be in relationship with that person and i think that it's important in this conversation that loving our neighbor doesn't mean we have to have them over for dinner
0: no yeah you definitely have to have some you know
4: that that when we're talking about loving and we talk about our relationship with god god loves us unconditionally and at the same time when we are walking against his will there are consequences Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not a matter of oh, God loves me. I said that. You know, I, I I did the Romans Road experience. I have the date written on my calendar, so therefore I have a license to be and do whatever I want. That's not what God has called us to. You know, when we've made Him Lord and Savior, not just fire insurance, right. then we are growing in relationship and growing in love and growing in an understanding of exactly the type of sacrifice that God gave up for us. Because that's what it's about. Are we willing to sacrifice like that? Are we willing to sacrifice because our love is so great? And what I mean by sacrifice is not put up to be a battering ram, Mm -hmm. but to sacrifice the emotional pains and recognize that the people that we are dealing with are not yet completed.
2: Mm -hmm. We are
4: not yet completed. And in that process, God still loves us, and he still wants to grow us. He wants to grow the obnoxious neighbor across mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. He wants to grow the obnoxious people that are living in our home, mm-hmm. okay? he, including me, okay. Yeah. and, and yeah. in that process. So there are consequences. Oh, yeah,
0: most, most yeah. definitely, and thank you for bringing that out, because you know, Paul said, in the freedom that we have, is that a freedom to sin? Is that a freedom to just live any way we want? You know, because God loves us unconditionally. I can just go out and do whatever I want. And, oh, you know, God loves me unconditionally. So, you know, you know, God, yeah, you and me got it real good. You know, hey, okay, I drew a bender on last night. You know, whatever. We're, we're good, you know. The love gives you the freedom to live the way he wants you to live. That's what the freedom is for. The freedom is for to live the way he you. <coughs> desires you to live in intimate relationship with him not to go out and you know do whatever you think you can do and just anyway what's
4: going to equip you to be able to love that person and that was one of your first bullet points is um, the Holy Spirit is what is going to give you the strength to be able to you know have more love for that person the next day you know and through prayer you know asking God to give you to you know refuel you for the next day in the daily devotional time in your prayer closet on your knees and having the holy spirit the comforter the strength that strengthens you to get to the point where you can be able to do this because in your flesh you cannot
0: I agree with that if that's your desire to do so If that's your desire to do so because the Holy Spirit won't hijack you and make you love anybody, you know? And, you know, i am we're always real in this class, and I'm always gonna be real with you. I know a ton of Christians that know more scripture than I know all of you know together. And they abuse their wives, they cheat on their wives, they read the word, they get up in the pulpit and cheat and, and preach every Sunday. They got the Holy Spirit in them. They'll preach a message that'll have you on your knees in five minutes. But then they go home and cheat on their wife, Or beat her. Or worse. This all has to do, people, with what we really want out of life because the Holy Spirit will take you as far as you want to go, even further. But if you don't want to go there, he ain't dragging you. Remember I told you before, there's nobody in heaven that is there because they just got drugged there. Oh, okay, I guess I got no choice. I got to go to heaven. I I got to sit around with the angels. I got to walk on the streets of gold. Okay, I guess if there's no other choice, I guess that's what I'm going to do. Everybody that goes there wants to be there. Everybody that goes there wants to see the face of God. Everybody that wants to go there wants to be in relationship. Right? Choice. Right? We have to choose. Okay, I'm going to wrap up. So, the crux of everything I've been saying and what God wants you to know is that we were created out of love, for love, to love. Okay. I'll say that again. We were created out of love, for love, to love. God is love. This whole thing's about love. From Genesis to Revelation, it's about love. It's about getting us to understand that we're loved unconditionally. Right? Right? Do you know God created you, each one of you individually, because he wanted somebody to love? He wanted someone to love, so he created you. Every face I'm looking in here is totally different. Every color, every size, every gender, every... All of you are totally unique from each other. He created you, 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 specifically because he wanted someone to love. You know, it wasn't like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God was sitting around saying, you know, we've been here for eternity. We're not really doing anything. Anybody got any ideas? and God says well you know what I was playing around with this idea of like creating these like humans (laughs) and like building this like little planet and like putting these humans on these little planet and we just kind of see what happens and Jesus goes yeah that sounds good to me we got all eternity we got nothing else better to do (laughs) He's a relational God. He's love. See, love, he has to have something that's the object of his love. Right? He created you because he wanted someone to love. Didn't need, right? Because God doesn't need anything from anybody. But he wanted. He created you for love. Because the greatest thing about love is when you love someone, is you want that love in return. So what does he say in the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. And I told you there was something before that commandment. The something before that commandment was he created you, right? He wanted somebody to love. And so he gives a commandment, I want you to love me. And you think about it from a, from a parent's standpoint, right? So when you get together and you want to have kids, you know, you don't say to your spouse, okay, well, let's have a baby. And like for the first four years of our lives, we're not going to get any sleep. We're not going to do anything. We're going to give our whole lives to this baby. This baby's going to grow up, okay? We're going to be cleaning poopy diapers <laughs> like for till like 10. Then they're going to be a teenager. They're going to be rebelling, right? They're going to be rebelling. We're going to go through this whole big mess. Then they're probably going to go to college. We're going to spend our whole life savings sending this kid to college. Then when the kid gets out of college, they're going to go, you know what? The thing I got the degree in, I don't really want to do. So I'm going to <laughs> then you're going to spend the 20s with them having one foot in the house and one foot out of the house (laughs) and then I tell you don't change my room into a library because I just might be back. (laughs) Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound like fun? (laughs)
1: Let's
0: do it. (laughs) No, you didn't do it for that. You know what? Because God's creative love is in you. And when the two of you got together, you wanted to have this little baby that the two of you could love. And you were willing to do all that stuff. You were willing to go through all the heartache, willing to go through all the pain, because you had this gift from God that you could love. And you know what? The thing that makes your joy complete is when you're out in the park and this little bundle of joy is four or five years old and they're playing on a swing and they see mommy and daddy and they come running with their arms open and they give you their love back and your joy is made complete. Now you know how God feels. Now you know what God wants. The last part of that was you were created to love. I don't care who the m- most machoist person is. I don't care how independent you think you are. I don't care what you think you don't need. You need to be loved. That's right. Right. It is the greatest human need is to be loved by somebody else and to allow ourselves to be loved in return. Nothing you will do, no matter how much money you make, property you have, the heights of whatever you climb in your career, none of that is going to matter if you don't have somebody to love and somebody loves you. The circle becomes complete. Mm-hmm.
4: Joe, that love is relationship. That love is relationship. That love is not providing a house. It's not providing food. It's not providing clothes. And there are documented <coughs> tons, okay, of infants that were provided mm-hmm. food, shelter, <coughs> clothes, but they were not in relationship. Mm. And there's too many households today where it, there's no relationship. There's no relationship with the kids because the kids are providing all of the activities. There's no relationship with the spouses because you're too busy trying to provide for, OK? It's the interaction. It's a relational interac- interaction that is love. That's how we can receive God's <coughs> love, by entering into that relational aspect.
0: And it's the greatest need and cry (laughs) of our human heart. So I'm going to leave you with this. I was talking to a woman recently. She said her husband passed away. And her husband wasn't really interested in relationship. She was. He wasn't. She loved God and she kept loving him. And he got sick. And just as he was starting to get a glimpse of what love, what relationship was really like, he passed away. And her heart is broken. Cause she was like, we had so many years together so many things we could have done, so many experiences mm. that we could have had. But he waited till it was too late. Okay? Today, now, is a time to love. Is there somebody that you got to call? and say, you know what? I haven't said this in a long time, but you know what? I thank God for you. I love you, I appreciate you. I'm glad that you're in my life. I'm glad for the things that you that you have given me, the things that you show me. And I know it's not all perfect, I know it's not bad, but I just wanna let you know that I love you. This last time you said that to your spouse, your mother, your brother. We're created for love. Be in relationship and love. Do love. Whatever you got going, else going, is not as important as that. Don't let the pride, don't let the, you know, well if that person come and call me first and then you know blah 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 blah, then I'll say such an Remember, you were created out of love, for love, to love. That's it. That's it. Let all that other junk go. June is right. We're too tied up in all this other stuff. We're too tied up in all this other stuff. Life's pulling us all over the place. Nothing means more in the world than your relationships. (coughs) Nothing because when you go to your maker, you're not taking your 401k, you're not taking your house, you're not taking your car, you're not taking all your trophies off the wall, you're not taking any of that. You're gonna stand before your maker and your maker's gonna ask you one question, did you love like I wanted you to love? That's why he says it's the greatest commandment. He says if you do that, you don't have to worry about all that other stuff. If you do that, you'll have a desire for me. If you do that, you won't be trying to run around, sinning, getting get in your own way, selfishness. You'll understand that that relationship is it. And you'll live in God and you go, wow, this is like awesome. <laughs> this is like the greatest thing in the world, that I'm living in God. God loves me. I love him. Yeah, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I got a desire for him I got a desire for the things in him I want to walk in relationship with him I want to be what he calls me to be I want to do what he calls me to do And this is awesome wow this is great can't get any better and guess what if you lived in the penthouse or the outhouse wouldn't matter that's why Paul says I've learned to be content in all things whether I have much or little I've learned the secret of contentment and the secret of contentment is to be in love relationship father I thank you for this class I thank you for your spirit I thank you for your awesome love mm-hmm. what kind of love is this a God that weeps with me when I weep, rejoices with me when I rejoice. A God that's willing to get in the mess with me. A God that says, you know what? I already know everything you're going through. I already know the hurt. I already know the pain. I already know the disappointment. I already know all that. I love you. I sent the comforter. I sent a helper. I want you to walk through so that your joy will be complete in fullness of love in me, and I can overflow your heart with that love, and you can go out and you can love, not in your own strength, but in the love that I pour into you. Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for these hearts. Father, I pray that this word has gone out and done what it was that you wanted it to do, and I just pray that, Lord, that each of us leaving here today, Father, Mm would have a new perspective, that, Father, that we can look in the mirror And say you know what God Yeah I've got issues like everybody else And God there's this journey We're working on together But God you're an awesome God And I just love you And thank you for loving me The little low and perfect me Thank you for loving me Thank you for creating me because you wanted to love me And God I want to love you We give you all the glory And honor and praise that you're due